Welcome, welcome, welcome to a wonderful episode of The Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and this is my podcast where I read the Bible from cover to cover because Netflix keeps dropping awesome things uh, these days. Because, uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> uh, Love, Death, and Robots, or whatever it is, uh, <laughs> dropped uh, its second little season, second volume uh, today, which was super cool. Uh, it was only eight episodes, but, uh, it was pretty rad. It was pretty great. Um, cause I very much enjoyed the fuck out of it. Um, yeah. So, uh, some business up front. Uh, you can reach out to me at according to stupid at gmail.com at accord to stupid, uh, on the Twitter sphere and www.johnwatersvoiceover.com forward slash podcasts, where you can find this podcast as well as hire me if you so want. Uh, and go from there, as well as here probably on Tuesday when I get the time to edit some stuff and put some shit together, uh, our brand new logo on that site, which is super exciting. Um, today uh, is the last day for Psalms, uh, and it's just going to be a review episode of just what we're going to talk about and, and all that sort of stuff. So if you haven't listened, uh, here we go. Um, so I I found a couple. Uh, that I didn't really read. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I, I found some... I, mostly I just Googled it and found, you know, the Sparknotes version, the BibleHub.com version, and uh, this PatSealer.com version. Um, which he seems uh, a little <laughs> like the end is coming, sort of, you know. <laughs> Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, I'm not really sure where to begin, but let's start with a small one. Let's start with a short one at BibleHub.com with a psalm summary by this J. Smith fellow. All right. Let's, let's see if we remember all the shit that we just like went through for the past like month and change. Um, the genre of psalms is songs and poetry of all kinds. All right. It is written by multiple authors. Yeah, remember that. David wrote 73, Asaph wrote 12, the sons of Korah wrote 9, Solomon wrote 3. Did I don't remember David a psalm. I remember a psalm of them, but I don't remember a psalm written by them necessarily. Solomon wrote 3, Ethan and Moses wrote each wrote 1. PS 90, Psalm 90. And 51 of the psalms are anonymous. They were written over the span of approximately 900 years. Okay, well that sounds about right, I guess, if we're beginning beginning at the time of Moses in 1440 BC and through the captivity in 1586. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll see. I, I don't know if that time frame sounds right, but yeah. uh, the Psalms include praises of joy, laments, blessings, and thanksgivings. They are directed at God and they help us express uh, and communicate ourselves to him. What happened? Oh, they had laments too, I guess so. Okay. Uh, we read about the psalmist's emotions from one extreme to another, from praising, delighting in, and worshiping God with fervor, to repentance and crying out to him in despair. And like outright being like, fuck you, buddy. Um, psalms sit in the center, very center of the Bible. Do they? Oh. The major themes found in psalms are praise, God's power, forgiveness, thankfulness and trust. Is it? I don't know. I think there's an entire thing of just being like, fuck you, God, you can suck my dick sort of shit in there. 
Um, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. 145.21. So that one just happened. Uh, the book of Psalms was originally divided into five books. Book 1 consisted of chapters 1 through 41. Book 2 corresponded to chapters 42 to 72. Book 3 is chapters 73 to 89. Book 4 included chapters 90 to 106. And book 5 is compiled with chapters 107 to 150. Neato. Mainly the Psalms were written to help us deliver praise to God who was worthy of such, is he? As Psalms 150 verse 6 reads, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hmm. How do we know what God wants for us in our lives? Well, I don't fucking know. He needs to talk some more! Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 119, verse 105. The power is found in reading his word, studying it, and applying its unchanging truths to your life. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's a little bit of bullshit. <laughs> but all right. Um, let's try this uh, Pat Sealer thing. You know, let's get a who seems to be a religious human being on this... Uh, this bit. You know what? Before this, we have an uh, about Pat. Whoa, he looks. He looks like someone who would stab you for like a couple of bagels. Um, three kids married, serving at Calvary Fellowship in Ottawa. Uh, boy, he's been all over the place with what he was doing. I don't really want to read his whole history, but, you know, patsealer.com. Check that shit out. Um, he, he could use a better picture, that's for sure. The, uh, the faux hawk is, uh, <laughs> is, is not great. Um, all right, so here is his summary for the Book of Psalms. <laughs> I've had to find the crazy person, didn't I? Um, the main idea, the Book of Psalms is a remarkable collection of Hebrew poetry focused on prayer and worship of God for his past faithfulness. Uh, I mean, some of them, sure, but like, eh. Present love, uh, he, he has his references in here, but I don't really care. And future hope, um, in spite of life's tremendous difficulties. Only Psalm 38? Only Psalm 38? <laughs> Seemed like there was a couple more in there that were like, fuck off, God! Explanation of main idea. Psalms, the longest book in the Bible, oh, well, that's good to know, contains poems that touch every human emotion. It has been organized into five books and contains many smaller collections, such as the Psalms of Ascent, 120 to 134, and the Hallel Psalms, Psalm uh, 111 to 118. Psalm 1 serves as an introduction to the book. I mean, most Psalms, and or one, <laughs> one of anything, usually. Here's what you're getting into. Advertising the, uh, advising the reader of the clear advantage of gaining a blessed life by meditating day and night. That sounds like a lot. In God's word. Uh, well, okay. Is, it, is there a link? Oh, there is. Oh, look at that. There is little linksies. So in Psalm 1, uh, 1 verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, oh, there it is an ESV. Uh, S something version. <laughs> not the version we're reading. Many, if not most, of the Psalms are prayerful, directed toward God. Answer me when I call God. Listen to my words, Lord. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Yeah, those are familiar. 
At the heart of Psalms is the worship of God. There are numerous reasons cited to engage in worship. Okay. For example, he is worshipped for his magnificence. Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. He keeps citing some pretty early stuff, but we'll see. Uh, for his glory in creation. The heavens declare the, Lord, the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the works of his hands. Uh, 19.1. For his provided victory, Lord the King finds joy in your strength. How greatly he rejoices in your victory, assuming he likes you. 21.1. And for his wondrous works, sing to him praise, sing, sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell about all his wondrous works. 105.2. Uh, many of the psalms reveal a profound sense of anguish and frustration on behalf of the psalmist. Yeah, I, I like those ones. They seem to, you know, give it some realism. Sometimes it is because of the rejection by God of Israel, Psalm 74. Uh, at other times it is because the water has risen to my neck. I have sunk in deep mud and there is no footing. 69, 1-2. Messianic hope threads through the psalms. What, what the fuck does that mean? Beginning in Psalm 2, I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son, today I have become your father. The fuck does that mean? I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today, oh, today I have become your father. Okay. Um, nah, I don't like it. Continuing through the great crucifixion psalm, Psalm 22, and Psalm 72. Well, wait, hold on. There is no crucifixion. At this point... We have some mixed results here. In the Bible Hub, this happened many, many centuries before any sort of crucifixion was happening, or at least the crucifixion, the great crucifixion. Um, which, what is that? Like, let's take a look-see. To the choir master according to the Doe of the Dawn. I don't remember that. The Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me in the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but etc. I don't really think that's the crucifixion psalm. It might lend itself to the future that happens 300-some years later, but I, I am doubtful on this, that, you know, this was a you know prophetic thing. But I don't know. Maybe down the line it'd be like, well, he actually says this. Jesus says while he's on the fucking cross, it's hard from like God, they know not, Father, they know not what they do. He's also like, why don't you fucking listen to Dad? You listen to me all the other fucking times. Now when I fucking need you, I'm getting, ow, nailed to, ow, fucking, ow, cross. Hmm. And Psalm 72, and finally pointing toward the eternal reign of Jesus. Uh-huh. We still don't really have it, but let's see it. Psalm 146.10, the Lord reigns forever. Zion, your God, reigns for all generations. Hallelujah. That doesn't point to the eternal reign of Jesus. In fact, we have an earlier one that seems to just be like, oh, we should praise God, not Jesus, this whole day and night business. And I'm following in the Lord's decree, our Lord, how magnificent his name throughout the earth. Uh, an expensive word. Like, that. no, this bullshit. No, 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 no. I don't, no, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work this way. Now, purpose. Oh, fun. The, uh, the book of Psalms was written to help us worship God. Okay. It teaches us today and night to day and night meditate upon God's word. I'd rather not. 
and it provides an enormous amount of material to use in that time of private worship and reflection. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not really for it, but then again, I have a podcast for this, so I contemplate it pretty often. Hmm, maybe it works. Regardless of any life situation, whether it be betrayal or victory, deep loss or joyful gain, a time of confusion or a time of celebration, there is an appropriate psalm for that season. Is it? Because it's not there. I think you're thinking of Proverbs, friend. And I don't know if it's even there. Uh, leading themes. One, meditate on God's word. You keep hammering this fucking thing. Oh, man. The longest psalm is 119. I remember that one. It speaks of the psalmist's love for God. It took for fucking ever. God's word, excuse me. And all that it is capable of doing. I don't know. He hasn't really been capable of doing a whole lot of anything for the last while. So, hmm. Psalm 19 contrasts God's voice through creation, uh, 19, 1 through 6, with his written instructions, 19, 7 through 8. I don't really care. Psalm 1, the introduction to... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Just bullshit. He just, whatever we do prospers. That's that's weird. Hold on. Psalm I guess I got to read it cuz it doesn't make any sense. Psalm 1, the introduction to Psalms, tells us to meditate upon God's words so that our lives will be fruitful and whatever we do prospers. Yeah, that's in fucking parentheses. Let's see. Let's let's see that. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit to its seasons and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Nah. Ada, motherfucker, you do not put that shit in there. Not we do, he does. Motherfucker. Like, look, if you're gonna quote this stuff and you're gonna put it back in here, it doesn't work this way, man. It doesn't work at all. Him, if he exists, he, he could give a fuck about us. It's not whatever we do prospers. It's not an us thing. It's a him thing. It's a very selfish thing. He could give a shit, I think. Two! Life is hard, but God is good. Is he? All of God's saints throughout the ages, again, we're not really getting into saints at this time. We're still in the Old Testament. Uh, so at this point, apparently there are saints. I've seen it referenced. We've read it. We've, seen, we've heard it. But it's not really there, is it? He hasn't been like, and there was a saint. Enjoy. Um, it doesn't work. No. Okay. All of God's saints throughout the ages have dealt with difficulties of varying degrees. Okay, well, that uh, still, why are we referencing that in, in, in this, in Psalms? The, the saints who composed the Psalms were no exception. They were saints. They had enemies. Yeah, a lot of them did. They felt forgotten and anxious. Yeah, and dealt with lies and deception. Uh-huh. And sensed that God had abandoned them. That seems more common in just the 22 one. Let this, yet this was no reason to stop praising. Yes, it is. God is a deliverer of those people, and he keeps fucking bringing it up. And he would be faithful. It is always right to praise him. Yeah, but what about all the other people, man? Like, what about the other people who were actually doing pretty okay until, you know, people started leaving and locusts and shit started showing up? Let's look at this from the Egyptian standpoint, or, you know, anybody who wasn't in the Middle East or Northern Africa at the time. Like, they could give a fuck. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of them were killing each other, making swords, or trying to make boats. That was about it. Worship God in praise, number three. Many psalms call God's people to worship. Yeah, that seems to be a thing. Among them are Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. 
29.2, Psalm 103, Psalms 95 to 100, Psalm 134 to 135, and Psalms 146 to 150, and many more. No, man, why'd you stop start that fucking late in the game? And then run around it. Psalms 95 to 100. You could have you got to move that one earlier. Psalm 103 goes there. And then you do that. But then why is it always in the 100s? Splendor in His Holiness. There's a hundred other psalms that you do mention. True. But what's about in the middle there? Where it's just like, fuck God, oh fuck God. Have him suckle my pizzle, please. Um, prayer is the explicit theme of Psalm 61. Fun. God, hear my cry. Pay attention to my prayer. Yeah, that's real demanding, isn't it? And is the implicit theme of many, many psalms, such as Psalm 51, be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love. Well, this is demanding, but I mean, I guess it's like any other prayer, I guess. Number four, there is a Messiah coming. Okay, let's see if this works. Many psalms are messianic in nature, are they? Notably, Psalm 22 offers a glimpse of Jesus on the cross. They do. They pierced my hands and my feet. Psalm 22:16. Let's look that one up on ours, shall we? Uh, what is that? I forgot it already. Uh, Psalm 22:16. Okay, we're gonna see his. But we're also gonna see ours. Psalm 22, verse 16. All right, let's let's see what ours says. Ours says, "For dogs have compassed me." The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Okay, fair enough. They have pierced some hands and some feeties. Let's see what his says. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. See, it could be prophetic. I could throw it in there. It could very well be. However, if we are to believe Bible Hub, which I'm believing that we probably should, until we read the Sparknotes version, that um, that unless this is prophetic, which it seems that it lends itself to, which I'm still kind of meh about, um, this is uh, kind of bullshit. That easily anybody could have, like, stabbed your hands and feet and shit like that. Uh, pierced my hands and feet. They have kept you from doing things and they have kept you from moving anywhere. It, you know, and also, assumingly, if Bible Hub is again to be believed in its time frame of shit that apparently went down, um, it's, uh, <laughs> where was I going with this? I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, 300 and some years before the whole, you know, uh, this bit. So I imagine that with this talk of dr- almost drowning in people and, they have pierced my hands and feet. I don't really think it's prophetic. I really don't. Because it was written before. And if we are not to believe in witchcraft, which prophecy certainly is, I think, unless God says, hi, listen, I'm going to do this. And at this point, he has not, has he? No. At this point, he has like done a lot of lawyer businesses with Solomon and David and kind of fucked right off after the fact. That's where I'm at. You heard it. I read it. We're here. Psalm 2, Psalm 24, and Psalm 72, among others, all point to a future king and kingdom. Uh, They do, but it's all in reference to, well, probably their own king that they're trying to be like, I hope he's good. 
you know, because they change hands so fucking often. And probably to God, king. Not like Jesus or Jebus being, you know, king and shit. All right, the fun one. How does this relate to us? And so far, I'm trying to figure it out because I don't find a rhythm in most of these, but we'll see. It is no coincidence that Psalms is the longest book in the Bible. Okay. It is the go-to book for anyone who does not know where to go in a time of spiritual need. Oh, well, not in the New Testament? That's interesting. As the largest book and the book in the center of the Bible, it is the easiest to find, I guess, provided how small the print is. So a curious man or curious woman <laughs> simply need open the Bible to the middle and will happen to find words of encouragement and direction. Maybe. <laughs> Definitely maybe, because there's some being like, fuck you, I have a lot of enemies. Because it is poetry and because it is inspired by God, kind of, yeah, I guess, it is an exceptional ability to meet the deepest need of the most debilitated human heart. The fuck does that mean? The Lord is near the brokenhearted. Yeah, he better be fucking close. It is not just a book to be studied and amazed with. Uh, okay. It is a book to be applied. Well, I imagine all the books of the Bible are to be applied, right? Its application is often simple, is it? The, the exhortation to praise the Lord, 148, 1 through 4, should lead to the reader saying or singing, praise the Lord. It should it? Because it didn't. After reading Psalm 1, the reader should accept it as their responsibility to meditate upon the rest of the book. If so, they will be blessed. Man, I'm a little thrown by a bunch of people who are, uh, you know, uh, really take orders from this book, man. <laughs> it's just a book. It's written by human fucking hands. I have my doubts that there is a God. I don't know if there is or not. But I don't really think that throwing this book in there is, is the, the way to go. I think it's full of contradictions. I think it's full of a really pissed off, maniacal God. And um, I, I think it's nuts. And especially if, they, if you are to accept it as your responsibility in Psalm 1 to do that, how the fuck do you not like do all the other terrible things in the Bible? You know? Um, <laughs> like, how do you not kill someone for wearing two different types of clothing, or if someone plants two different sorts of, uh, sorts of fucking plants, or a tattooed person, for that matter? I, among them, and many other people. How do you not, like, stone your own mother for doing such a thing like that? Again, the whole, like, oh, you're wearing two different fucking types of clothing? Oh, fucking no. And, you know, should you murder your son in, like, your own front yard if he disobeys you? And should you call the entire town, or should you call the police first just to be sure? Come on, man. <laughs> I don't think this is... I think this is a bunch of bullshit. Easily you ignore some things and you keep others. If you're following this to the fucking letter, uh, this... I can already kind of see... One, in your picture here, you're wearing two different types of clothing here. You got denim down here, you got probably cotton shirt under there, and faux leather on top of that. Not to mention metal. So, um... Yeah, bullshit, says I. <sighs> Fuck, where was I? Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Psalms can function as a handbook to prayer, can it? Picking up a Bible, opening it to Psalms, reading aloud slowly, setting your heart on God, will aid your prayer life immensely. Will it? Because it's already like, eh. why don't I just talk to him like normal? 
Or, better yet, go to a priest. In our culture, our culture, that is inundated with social media and information that is constantly barraging us, it is so hard but so necessary to turn it off. Why? And meditate on God's word. Again, why? Psalms can help us do that. Because, you know, nothing says expand your horizons like reading the same book over and over again. Lastly, the messianic passages, such as Psalm 22, are strikingly amazing. Does he have that listed here? Psalm 22 in general, just that one psalm of being like they they have pierced my hands and feet business, is it? God has written prehistory into this. No, 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 no. God has not written anything. And other passages. Uh-huh. No. It's human. You say it earlier that it's uh, anonymous, right? No. God has not written prehistory into this. Prehistory? Are, are we assuming prophecy? And if so, if God has done this and he is working through whoever wrote number 22, which I'm not sure who did. Doesn't sound like anybody did. But should we really take that as word? Or should we accept that witchcraft is a part of God? Because if you can uh, create prophecy, and it is godly because it is put in the fucking book, then we have to reckon with the idea that maybe, maybe, there's more to it than just this fucking book. Right? Throwing it out there. We marvel as we realize that God planned Jesus to enter history at a certain time. Bullshit! You know, a certain time, motherfucking idiotic fucking shit, is so dumb. Uh, it, it is just a me- I mean, He has decided to show up at a certain time. At the time that this was written. At the motherfucking time that this was written. There was no way that this was happening. And none of them, none of them have been like, I'm trying to praise God. I'm trying to talk to him. It wasn't God talking through any of them. And if it was, they would have mentioned it in the psalm, motherfucker. All of these psalms, it seems to be, is a whole one-sided motherfucking conversation between us to him. And it isn't him coming down being like, guess what, guys, don't fucking worry. (laughs) I'm going to send you a guy, and by the way, he's pretty fucking cool. But you guys, at the current fucking time, are not going to fucking see him. Because I need to wait until another 300-some years for him to show up. Just be aware that shit's going to happen. Fucking dumb. And we marvel as we realize that God planned Jesus to enter history at a certain time and has written about it hundreds of years before it happened. No, God didn't write it. You put up here in your first bit. Let's see. Where was it? Oh, was this the Bible Hub one? Fuck. All right, I guess not. Fair enough. Fair enough. You didn't. So he's coming from a statement of like, oh, it's all written by God, when clearly it's not. A lot of it was written by some, some you know, fucking bardic musician of some sort, probably trying to get laid by making some praises of God and such. You know, I get it. I think it's great. All right. Study questions. Ugh. Uh, all right. Let's, um, I don't want to read the, don't do that. Uh, all these are like, read this, and it speaks to the importance of meditating. Let's do life application questions. Let's see. 
Psalm 1 speaks of the importance of meditating upon God's Word. Do you do that? If not, how can you start? Be specific. Well, I don't. I, well, take that back. I think about it. I don't meditate on them, but I do think about it, mostly because of this podcast. And um, I don't really do it with the idea of like, uh, most of it's just being like, why the fuck is he the way he is? There's a better way, man. There's a lot better way. And I get it, the idea of like, well, I gotta have some suffering so that we get some good. But really, come on. He's also like a, a child, a whiny god child, it seems. Why don't you praise me? If you don't praise me, I'm not going to take care of you. And if, you don't t- if I don't take care of you, you'll still be alive, but, you know, you won't have a god. And that might still work out okay. It seems. Because everywhere else has their own other gods, and they seem to be all right. Right? Oh, but they're heathens. Oh, but what happens to them? They get cast into hell? It kind of get men- gets mentioned that way. But it doesn't get, like, you know, hammered home as hard as it should, I don't think. But maybe in the next coming chapters, maybe it does. Maybe it fucking does. Because as it turns out, you know, the Divine Comedy is not biblical. It's satirical, that's for sure. But, like, you know, it's also kind of badass in its own sort of way. Um... How can I start? Well, I could sit on my ass and read the Bible, I guess, and actually get madder and madder. Like this, right now. This is meditative, I guess. Um, Read Psalm 37, 3 through 4. Well, that one's short. Let's see what it says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, well, okay. What do you desire? Um, Mostly to get my dick wet more often. That would be great. Um... And to be in some sort of state of happy inebriation constantly, um, whether it's uh, synthetically made or uh, made through uh, my own uh, dopamine rushing through my head, probably by getting my dick wet. Um, yeah, that, that, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Do you think God will give it to me? We'll see. Why or why not? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know... <laughs> When I'm not banging, I want to be banging, and when I'm banging, I wish I was continuously just in that middle of it, you know. That's pretty much where I'm at. What does Psalm 37, 8 tell us about anger? What does it tell us about anger? Let's find out. Refrain from anger. Oh, that's easy. And forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. But wasn't there an entire thing about, like, let tell me God and raise up my strength so that I can war? Did we forget that one? How do you deal with anger? Well, you hear it on the podcast. How can this psalm help you? I guess I'm not supposed to get angry. Uh, Four. Read Psalms 42, 1 through 4. Okay. Oh, shit. Hit a button. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, God. (sighs) Is that a pant? Okay. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Yeah, a living one is good, as opposed to a dead one. Uh, when shall I come and appear before God? You're appearing before him now. My tears have been my food day and night. I kind of remember this one. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Where is thine God? <laughs> yeah, where is he? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How would I go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and song of praise, a multitude-keeping festival? Um, it sounds like they're having a good time. Quit fucking with their day. Do you long for God? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, it'd be nice that he was there, but I don't know if it's this God that I really want to follow. I'd rather have an, like, one that either doesn't give a shit or does his own fucking thing 
and I can just call upon him and hope to God it happens. Again, there you go. Or, you know, he, he doesn't seem to be all loving. It's not him. It's not him yet, at least. Or it's not a part of him until his son comes down here and we kill him and then throw him back up there. Um, if not, pour out your heart to him and ask him to renew your love. Mm, all right, you know what? For, for the sake of this, if not, I don't know how to pour my heart out to him. Oh, lordy lord. I could really use you. You know, throwing it out there. I've been not singing your praises, and really I have yet to see much praises that were there. And the last time I talked to you was mostly to be like, please don't make anybody pregnant. And it seems that I usually ask that about once every couple of years. So thanks for answering those particular prayers. But I mean, I don't know if you were really there. I really can't prove it. Mostly, I think, you know, certain parties were super stressed. So here we're at. Renew my love for you. Show me your ways, O mighty Smiter, and we will go from there. But I here's the caveat. You gotta be fucking theatrical about it. This is dramatic. You know, lightning bolt that sends me to you and you send me the fuck back. Like that sort of shit. You know, and it ain't quiet, and it ain't gonna be something that no one else is gonna see except me. I gotta have witnesses, motherfucker. You know, so that's where I'm at. I would love it. That'd be great. Happy. Five. Read Psalm 150. I'm good. How many musical instruments are mentioned? A couple. Do you play an instrument? No. If so, well, my own. <laughs> So, uh, if so, how can you use it to praise the Lord? Oh, I've, I've done it many a time. If you don't play an instrument, what can you do to praise the Lord? Be specific. So, in this, he's basically like, hey, man, it's godly to learn an instrument. It's real important. And uh, apparently you can praise him with your music. Dumb. Dumb, I say. All right. Last little, holy fuck, we've been going for a bit, haven't we? All right, the actual shit that probably uh, is more literary and makes more sense. All right, the Sparknotes version. Uh, overview. A psalm is a religious poem or song set to music. Again, I really want to hear the tune to these. Some of the psalms in the Book of Psalms are hymns to be sung by a congregation and songs of ascent to be sung by pilgrims approaching the temple. Some are private prayers and some are lyrical devices for re uh, recalling uh, historical events in Israel's history. In its current form, the Book of Psalms contains 150 individual psalms, although this number may vary in different biblical translations. Traditionally, the psalms are separated into five books. Ugh, fuck. Um, and many poems are further distinguished by brief titles attributing the given work to a specific author, though these titles were probably added at a later date by an editor or a group of editors of the psalms. Uh-huh, so we can't really trust them, can we? I mean, we might be able to, but fuck. The authorship of the Psalms is uncertain at best. Thank you, Sparknotes. Because the subject matter of the Psalms ranges from the events of King David's dynasty to the exile of the Israelites in Babylon, the poems may have been composed anywhere from the 10th century BC to the 6th century BC or later. Many of the Psalms rehearse episodes of Israel's history, especially the story of Israel's exodus from Egypt and its arrival to the Promised Land. Psalm 137 is a beautiful lament of the early days of Israel's captivity in Babylon. The poem opens with the image of the Israelites weeping by the banks of the Babylonian rivers, longing for Jerusalem or Zion. 
When their captors ask the Israelites to sing for them, the Israelites refuse, hanging their harps on the branches of the willow trees. The poet asks, how could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? The Well, you were. Hold on. They were, motherfucker. I guess they were weeping. That's not exactly singing. Uh, the poem ends with a call for vengeance on the Babylonians. Kill them. The acts as an earnest reminder both to the exiled Israelites and to later biblical readers of the importance of the promised land for the celebration of the Jewish faith. Neat. Types of Psalms. A majority of the biblical psalms are devoted to expressing praise or thanksgiving to God. Psalm 8, for instance, is a communal or public declaration of praise to God for his relationship with creation. The poet praises God for his command over each level of creation, beginning with the cosmos. (coughs) Then descending gradually to humankind, the animals, and lastly the sea. (coughs) Fuck. The speaker expresses amazement that God, who is above the heavens, not only concerns himself with the welfare of humans, kind of, but places humans directly beneath himself in importance, granting them authority over the rest of creation, which is under their feet. 8.6. Poems such as Psalm 46 praise the city of God, or Zion, for being God's home, and many of the psalms suggest a grand entrance to Jerusalem, such as Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, 104. Similarly, when the speaker says in Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills, the poem conveys the expectation and longing of the Jewish worshiper as he approaches the temple in Jerusalem. Okay, makes sense. Another category of psalms includes laments or supplications, poems in which the author requests relief from his physical suffering and his enemies. Which again, there's a few. These enemies may be actual, such as opposing nations or public accusers, or they may be figurative depictions of an encroaching spiritual evil. In Psalm 22, the speaker characterizes the band of nondescript evildoers that trouble the poet as a series of approaching ravenous animals, first bulls, then roaring lions, and then dogs. The evildoers surround the speaker, staring at and gloating over his now shriveled and emaciated body, finally stripping him of his clothes. In verse 19, the speaker cries for God's relief, and God proceeds to deliver him from each of the three beasts in reverse order. First the dog, then the lion, and finally the wild oxen. God's sudden rescue, complete, the psalm of lament becomes a psalm of thanksgiving, as the speaker vows to announce God's praises to all of Israel. Supplication and lament are integral parts of another type of psalm, in which the poet moves from despair over his own wrongdoing to a profession of deeper faith in God. I seem to remember some of these. I fucked up. Whoops. These are some of the most beloved psalms, for they are deeply personal poems that offer hope of redemption for the individual. Uh, the poet decries. The poet decries. His uh, spiritual despair using metaphors similar to the psalm, Psalms of Lament. Uh, in Psalm 40, the poet is struck in a desolate pit and a miry bog until God sets him upon a rock. The poet walks through the dark valleys in Psalms 23, his body wastes away in Psalm 32, and his bones are crushed in Psalm 51. God delivers the poet by acting as a refuge and strong fortress and a hiding place. Uh, 31-2, 32-7. Psalms devoted to wisdom's use. Uh, Devoted wisdom use proverbs or catchy rhetorical devices to give moral instructions to the reader. For example, Psalm 127 opens with a quaint proverb to encourage the listener's devotion to God. 
unless the Lord builds hid the house, whose those who build it labor in vain. I guess if God made it, it's great, and but if you do it, it's useless. So why do anything? Psalm 119, the longest psalm in the Bible with 176 verses, is a meditation on God's law using an acrostic, uh, a poem in which each segment begins with a consecutive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Oh, interesting. Poetic form and style. The poet of psalms consistently uses parallelism to enhance his meaning. Uh, unlike Roman, Roman poetry, in which rhythm and meter are structured around a pattern of stressed syllables, Biblical poetry is largely based on pairings of verse sets, segments or halves of verses and lines, usually only a handful of words longs, long. These verse sets parallel each other, the second verse set reiterating or expanding upon the ideas of the first verse set. Sometimes parallel verse sets repeat the same words. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon, 29.5. More often, however, parallel versets repeat meaning. In Psalm 48, uh, 40, verse 8, the speaker says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Mm -hmm. Here, the poet restates that obedience to God is very important to him. The second line, however, offers the reader new and more specific information, affirming in figurative language that God's commandments are so precious to the speaker that they reside in his heart. In this way, the parallelism of meaning in biblical poetry is not just a system of redundant lines. Rather, uh, parallelism of meaning helps develop the imagery and ideas within each psalm by creating the occasion for analogies, greater detail, and showing how one event or idea follows from another. Despite the sheer number and variety of the psalms, the metaphors throughout the 150 poems are consistent. The poet's enemies are typically described as listless or transient creatures, usually wild animals or approaching natural catastrophes. Psalm 91 characterizes the speaker's enemies as deadly pestilence, as well as lions and serpents, and Psalm 1 compares the wicked to chaff blowing in the wind. The poet or protagonist, on the other hand, is typically one who is lost or displaced. In Psalm 42, the poet refers to himself as a deer searching for flowing streams, and in other poems the speaker is wandering on a dangerous path or stuck in a ditch or a bog. God, however, is frequently spoken of in geological or geographical terms. He is a rock, a refuge, and a fortress. He resides in the hills, and more importantly, in Zion, the city of Jerusalem. In a sense, God is himself a location, a hiding place in Psalm 32, and someone who draws boundary lines for the poet 16, verse 6. Even as a shepherd in Psalm 23, God directs the wandering poet to green pastures and welcomes him to a table. A centralized location. These images of God as a place of protection is that is somehow united with the land elaborate the promised land of the Old Testament as a symbol of Israel's religious well-being. Well, there you go, kiddos. That's uh, that's that. Um, next week we will begin Proverbs, um, which are infinitely shorter, <coughs> with only 30, 31, 31 chapters, and we'll see how, uh, how fast we, we plow through that, um, because I, I assume that uh, these are going to be much like the last chapter. It's a lot of very similar shit uh, that just keeps, you know, piling up. Yeah, 
All right. Um, thank you guys for listening. Please rate and review. Leave, uh, leave a comment if you can. Uh, and share with your friends. It'd be great. And you have been gospeled to by the stupid. <laughs>